Welcome to Super Responders, the practical podcast helping us navigate difficult conversations about things that matter. I'm Molly, I'm the host, and I'm on a journey to build my toolkit to start calling out injustice where I see it and build confidence to have these hard conversations about things that matter. Whether it's about climate change, gender, racism, homophobia, change starts the conversation. This podcast is recorded on the stolen lands of the Ghana people. We pay respect to elders past, present and emerging, and sovereignty of these lands has never been ceded. It always was and it always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to this episode of Super Responders, where we're going to explore how we can respond to some of the harmful things that people say surrounding women in a STEM workplace. I'm having this discussion as a white, able-bodied, cisgendered woman in Australia. I'm not employed within the STEM field, but I am considering myself to be STEM adjacent. Uh, so I've worked in uh, in and around engineering consultancies for a bit, and I guess that's going to frame my responses and my ref- frame of reference. And I'm here today with Nikita. Nikita, you happy to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, I'm Nikita. I'm currently working as an engineer. I studied engineering at university and I've been working for about five years. I'm a able-bodied second generation Indian Australian citizen. So my experiences have been shaped by by that. Um, I'm really keen to discuss what it's been like working as a woman in the STEM field. Awesome. And I think we've had this conversation before and we both have know that we're both quite passionate about <laughs> being female yo pros, yeah. as we call it, <laughs> young professionals. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, I guess, why we're passionate to speak today. Yeah, been many, many a wine over similar conversations. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess, as usual, I'm going to go through some of the comments and the situations that either we've been in or mm. we've heard some other other colleagues being been in and things that we've been stumped by before and not really known how to respond to and we can try and come up with ways to call them out or turn them into a constructive conversation mm-hmm. um, particularly for I've been surrounded by a lot of kind of men in STEM mm-hmm. and also women but um, obviously less uh, <laughs> statistically um, but a lot of the men will say that they just don't really notice the difference or in careers between or careers or experiences in men and women in STEM Mm -hmm. and what do we say to that how do uh, what's the issue with that and how do we what's wrong Mm. how do we say something to that (laughs) as in that they don't understand as in what's the big deal like it's the experience is the same you can do the same work exactly I guess they say like oh it's not about gender it's Mm. just about I guess just not acknowledging that it is potentially a different path for women mm. uh, in the STEM field. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a hard one because the conversation seems closed of like, oh, well, you did the degree and you're working, so um, what's what's the big deal? But then you look to your boss and their boss and the entire management team and there's no female technical representation. Mm-hmm. And I know that might seem like, oh, well, wh- why does it matter? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can just have technical mentors yeah. uh, that are male. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why should it matter? Mm-hmm. I think it's really subtle, but being able to see yourself somewhere or have the representation of yourself somewhere really encourages you of like, hey, this is not like uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to you know, experience some sort of 
weird phenomena that no one's experienced before because no one's ever actually been on the senior leadership team as a woman. Mm. Like that, like having a pathway there and seeing that it's possible yeah. um, is really important for like your well, – I've, I've definitely found it like, you know, um, is would it be possible for me to be work in this if, you know, if in a few years I was keen to step into that sort of role, um, would I be able to work with that team effectively? And it's like, oh, or would they apologise to me before swearing? Yeah. <laughs> what do they actually think? Yeah, how comfortable would that journey be yeah. if you can't even see someone else doing it or trying to do it? Yeah. Or... Yeah. yeah. There's a huge, There's. I think this conversation on representation is like really common amongst like other um, marginalized groups as well. And like seeing like people of color and people um, in places of leadership. Yeah. 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 I guess. So it's about acknowledging that it is just really important to see women in the roles Mm -hmm. and yes, uh, like, yes, we can do it. We know that we can graduate and get the piece of paper and often get a job Mm -hmm. if we could but the journey still is it's not that easy I mm. guess and I wonder what we'd say to someone saying like oh, it's not about gender and like you can do it too yeah maybe the, the best I've definitely found the best thing to do is share stories of your real experience and be like oh I see what you're saying here's something that happened to me mm. where it it did matter and I felt xyz yeah because i think that's so powerful in because oftentimes um people think it doesn't matter because they never see it Mm. and as as a part it's not part of that group they might not even uh even be able to conceptualize because they would never treat someone like that especially like i found friends that are like so lovely they would never discriminate against gender yeah so why and yeah (laughs) (laughs) so why would they can't conceptualize that happening at all because it's like why why would anyone think that matters yeah but then you tell a story of like hey um actually I always get apologized to before someone swears and I think it's weird and uncomfortable because I get called out yeah and why does my gender matter in that scenario and I feel frustrated by it it's like oh, okay that's a really valid real experience yeah and another data point now that like hey maybe it is affected yeah. uh, gender does affect how you're treated I think sharing personal stories are and examples are so, yeah, very, mm. very powerful. Yeah. But, again, it takes a lot of effort to do that and emotional mm. labour to for us, especially if it's, like, particularly jarring. Yeah. If it's – so, I guess sharing – Yeah, sharing stories or sharing, like, hey, here's something where – here's how my gender did matter once. Yeah. Um, and so it is unfor- – there's so many – times where we would love it to just be a meritocracy and that we could just advance in our careers and Mm. do as men do but unfortunately we do encounter the yeah the reality is that we do encounter a lot of obstacles and yeah here are some examples of some Mm. or if we wanted to just if we didn't think it was worth if someone was just saying oh i don't see any privilege women female engineers or in women in stem can have the same opportunities as men yeah can you just kind of brush it off a little bit if it's not worth your time could you say women in stem have it pretty tough well, it's yeah. not that simple yeah is that yeah and just like leave leave like here now you know where i stand mm. and like we don't need to to go in a conversation, yeah. a big conversation about it. Yeah. Because that's a huge part for me. I don't like walking, like that's my new thing is yeah. not walking away from things. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I want to kind of 
make it known that I do not enjoy what they're saying yeah. and that they, I find them incorrect and yeah. it's an assumption that they've made. But mm. are they worth my time for a, like, for a conversation. constructive yeah. conversation? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a really good one. Yeah. Communicating where you stand. Because the, the other thing I think you were saying about sharing stories is it takes a lot mm. um, and it requires you to be quite vulnerable. Mm. Um, and that's not always uh, possible depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. Like, yeah. And also to like remember stories that have happened to you and keep them in this certain yeah. bank. <laughs> I find it difficult to kind of relive the trauma. Uh, of- yeah, yeah. Just yeah. So, and so, like, obviously the trauma is real and I, have, I do have many experiences, but trying to bring up the right one at the right time and match that story to yeah. something that you can tell is going to really win this person over or yeah. make them see. And yeah. that's, I sometimes struggle, and especially if I'm feeling emotional about the conversation already, mm. it's hard to just bring up the book on, or here's all the times in my life that yeah. I've been. Yeah. Maybe you can put a pin in it at the time, but say it's a lot more difficult than that, or it's a mm. bit more complicated than that. But I wonder even encouraging people to say, but maybe look out for or ask your other colleagues mm-hmm. if they are willing to share with you or maybe just look out for mm-hmm. different ways that they're treated. Put it on them to maybe do a bit more mm. observing and research. I don't know if you can see it if you're not the kind yeah. of target. But. Ask them why they think that or like, ah, what, like yeah. what, what's like, yeah, maybe like let them explore why mm. they feel that way and from a, you know, even you being part of that conversation. It's just about being open to like maybe women do have it the same. Mm. Why do you think that? And like I'm yeah. like open to having that. Mm. If if that's your lived experience, sure, like then... let's let's yeah, yeah discuss. And I might have a few points, but that at that in that moment, just asking them as to why. Yeah, to what's led you to that conclusion? Because well, give me some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I yeah, that seems like a very strong point that you believe a lot. Yeah. Can I have some of that self assuredness, yes. please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can throw out all of my arguments if you give me a good yeah. one. <laughs> also, I think I like that one because it gives me time mm. to think of potential examples that would count or would like provide some insight for them. Mm. Or yeah, I love. I I'm not the first to think. Like I sometimes get really like frazzled in conversations yeah, like yeah. this. So I want anything that buys me a little bit of time to have some internal <laughs> yeah, yeah, like processing. I'm like, okay, yeah, you tell me why, and I can half listen while I think about the next argument I'm going to make. Because <laughs> that that point is a good one. On uh, probably another one we talked about was saying, "Oh, women have it. This like there is no difference. Once you're working and you've got the qualification, it's the same." But at uni, I definitely experienced some of, oh, women have it easier, actually, because everyone's looking for them. Mm. And, like, it's actually easier to get a job as a woman because, yeah, they've got quotas to fill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we have discussed this before, but now reliving it on the pod. <laughs> um, so what these are the things that I've heard before is that potentially women – in engineering or women in STEM don't even need to try because quotas, they're going to get them a job Mm. or, and maybe we need to discuss these separately, but the great male graduates are not getting jobs Mm. because of women in STEM and because of quotas. (laughs) So it's obviously affected you. How does it feel as a, not to put you on the spot, but how does it, how do you feel as an, as being in university and, 
do you know that that's happening or does, is that the mentality as you go as you're studying or um it definitely came up only in the last year when everyone's looking for grad roles um that sort of flippant throwaway comments of like oh yeah she got that because of because they've got a quota mm-hmm. um came up in around that time when, when everyone's like competing for for jobs i mean Maybe a whole other conversation is how detrimental university is because it's competitive. Like, oh, why yeah. do you? Why anyway? But that, like, <laughs> that's like the culture in the university of everyone's. You're always competing for assignments. You're always competing for marks, and now you're competing for jobs. And there's not that many. And all the cool ones go to the best people, and they have quotas. Mm. And maybe some companies do or don't. But it almost doesn't matter because they might. Yeah. And that will then undermine your success in, in a job. Uh. So, And I, it's really conflicting because I hate quotas because they create this conversation. It's so, it's so complicated because you're like, instead of a quota of how many people you should hire, maybe a quota sh- should be like we want 50% of applicants mm. to be like let's work on how we attract yeah. the diverse applicants mm-hmm. and then choose the best people for the job. But we want to make sure that. When we're advertising, when we're doing outreach programs, we're doing those with a diverse yeah. target audience because mm. we know that there's lots of straight white males ready yeah. for the job. And, and and there's lots of great, amazing candidates mm. that will assess them as we assess everyone. Yeah. And maybe that's but maybe that's not good enough. I don't know. And then it just it's just like a hard and why do we have to defend actually I am good enough and I am the best suited for this role and I've probably had to work a little bit harder because you have to fight all of these biases and fight not being part of the boys club for the time that you've been studying and you still got it like isn't that isn't that good in the conversation if you're having a conversation about this if people haven't done any research on quotas and kind of the benefits and the disbenefits Mm that's probably a good place to start because I spent like two days just even after our conversation just looking and there's so much for and so much against and now I understand kind of the complexities of quotas but where I landed Mm. in the end after days and just like oh but yeah yeah was it's crap that we need them yeah and but unfortunately yeah for a while to get enough women into this spot for a certain period and maybe it's for the next 10 to, I don't know, 5 to 10 to 20 years, mm. we need to get that up. But without that, men and even through school and through yeah. university and then in terms of male relationships and finding jobs or yeah, you without them, it will become straight yeah. white. Just men yeah. usually do end up getting the job. Mm. So unfortunately... Mm. That's, yeah, that's a, it's a necessary. Yeah, thing. I think this that this phenomena of needing that affirmative action appears in a lot of these issues. I often see it like it's a pendulum, and we're way too far on the right hand side, mm-hmm. and we want to get to the middle. But to get there, you need a you will overshoot a little bit and then come back. And also, this has not been done before, mm-hmm. so we need to try something that's a bit, I don't know, extreme. But even then straight white males are still getting jobs yeah. like yeah, ultimately yeah you still might have friends in the industry already or your dad works for this company or like your dad's yeah. friend or something like it's more probably more common that you're still gonna get a job yeah, yeah. if it's an open market yeah and it, it's still 50 50 it's not often not 60 40 yeah. yeah and i don't know i think there are some places that have tried that mm. but 
often it is still 50-50. So yeah. still. Um, yeah. There's still 50. I know. You're still, <laughs> you're still getting, getting represented. Yeah. I'm sorry that it's a bit more difficult for you, but it's been difficult for us for years. Yeah. 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 I think that's the big, like, this is how minority groups have felt mm. for years. How, how, like, I guess you might be feeling now, like, not liking quotas because less men are getting jobs mm. with quotas. I don't know. I feel like maybe we need to put a pin in that one. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah. It's a very huge issue. It is. Yeah, it is. I think it's hard to know what the absolute right thing to do is. And it feels a little bit like any any effort is good. And yeah. Because maybe like if someone says that, the conversation could um, track towards, well, why is diversity a good thing? Mm. And maybe we can start talking about like why, like, why would we want mm. um, more women? That's true. Yeah. And sure, maybe this way is imperfect mm. in getting it, but what are let's, the benefits? Yeah, what can mm. we do? And yeah, what are, at least let's have the conversation. Because I, I find with a lot of this stuff, when you start talking about it, you we always start talking about the mechanics of, uh, well, this is unfair and this is unfair. But if we could like shift that and talk about, it's unfortunate that this is the case. Let's, mm. let's talk about, we don't have gender diversity. What value can that actually bring? Even if it's like from a business sense, like mm. what what return is that going to give to the business? And let's talk about that rather than the mechanics of what's fair and isn't fair. Yeah. In, in Or at least give them equal airtime. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, that is, that has been the driver, right? Because mm. they've proven that more diverse companies attract more money. Yeah. So that's why these massive companies are now looking to quotas to diversify. Yeah, Yeah. like, oh, crap, yeah. This is a business decision. Yeah, Yeah. diversity in our staff brings better design choices. Um, We know that high-performing teams are made up. There's there's a bit of tension in the team so you can challenge ideas, think differently. If everyone thinks the same, you're going to get along great. You're going to go for beers after work every night, but you might not pick up on each other's mistakes or even if you do you won't think innovatively enough yeah because you don't have a diverse background or diverse ways of thinking that's how i feel like all of these really phallic buildings get built (laughs) (laughs) it's just like not enough diverse teams in the room (laughs) diversity can help you save you from yourself (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what about so some people say that boys are naturally better at maths and science than girls Mm not true i've been really fortunate actually no one's explicitly said that to me and i think what's really cool about um my family who um they were born in i was born in india and then we moved over here when i was really young the culture that i grew up in just valued education so i never as a kid got you know oh here's a little kitchen set or he like you know mm-hmm. or anything like that if anything my parents were like oh yeah yeah engineering awesome like yeah, yeah. so that was really cool and i don't know if anyone's ever said that to me I would find that really confronting I think because um what like why hmm and the reason I think why is because you give them hot wheels to play with as a yeah. kid like that's yeah. why like, yeah. <laughs> that's so true yeah because you've already built this picture of oh mm. yeah they really like cars and rockets so you should do engineering it's like well they like them because that's the type of toys that them and everyone has ever bought them mm. as a kid right like of course and if you're growing up being told that you that girls are less good at maths and science, then you're going to have hold this bias and like stereotype in your head. And there's definitely studies that we can link people to that say that if you've got this stereotype or like this bias in your head, even if it's about you, 
it's going to affect your performance and mm. you're going to even treat yourself and you're going to underperform because mm. you know that this bias already exists. Mm. And so I think by telling girls and by, by even having this narrative and dialogue, mm. it's just so dangerous and harmful. Yeah. And, yeah, unfortunately I have heard this. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think I've been quite safe because I am STEM adjacent <laughs> as, <laughs> as a planning professional and like an urban planner and, mm-hmm. So people usually say that they can. Um, they think that I'm just inherently not good at maths and science, which is true. But, <laughs> but um, I guess my personal experience is that that is the narrative that I was always taught. And mm. it was, um, unfortunately, I've always had, I only had male teachers, my, my my classes, even physics. Like it was, I think there was like five girls in the class versus mm. 25 boys. And it that's kind of been the narrative that I haven't really had the teaching style that just supported me yeah, to learn yeah. maths or I couldn't see myself as a in the maths faculty. I yeah. couldn't kind of see that. So it was kind of, for me, it was just that generally the dialogue's really harmful. But mm. also I think if anyone said that to me now, and I've kind of smiled and nodded. When it's said, been said to me, it's been within like an international context. I don't think I was in the place at the right time to say that that's not true. But I think mm. now yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, instead of walking past it and just smiling and nodding and changing the subject, I think I would have to say, oh, that's absolutely not true. Mm, yeah. So the last one, have you heard of having a girl's shop before? Or? Oh, yeah. So um, recently I was on some training with work. The instructor was talking about a scenario where you might fire a missile at a target uh, and the positioning of if you're behind the target, referring to that as a girl shot. But what was actually said was, um, and when you're in this situation, uh, sorry, Nikita, it's called a girl shot. And I was the only woman in the room at the time. And it just was a little bit awkward for me to be one called out like that. And two, that that language is just what it is. Yeah. An acknowledgement of um, it's not the right language. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. And like, why, why was I apologised to and not the whole room maybe? Yeah. Would I be more offended because I'm a woman despite it just being a bit um, just generally behind the times? Yeah, just- yeah. And I think a lot – well, I don't, I don't know. I think I've experienced a lot of that in uh, engineering. And, yeah, it's just a bit unfortunate that that's the – that's normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess the apologising for it but also the act – so I, I'm guessing that – it's considered weak to be shooting from and then going behind or like hiding behind someone. It's like a yeah, and it would be braver. It would be like a boy's shot if it, if you were like out there, kind of not behind someone. I get yeah, that's the implication, mm-hmm. and it, it's hard because I know that there was there's no like malice there, mm. and it's just like a story in a course, and yeah. you don't want to feel like you're making a big deal out of what seems to be nothing. But I guess these things like this really build up. So that might be that little comment made or another comment about, oh, I, I don't know, like other other comments about women not in, yeah, I, in and of itself, like maybe it's okay. Mm. But when they, when you just constantly get like these little jabs yeah. of ref, like why does, why does, you're already the only woman in this massive room of, of men. Yeah. And then why does that need to be brought up all the time yeah again you're already feeling you're already in a vulnerable position yeah being the minority in the room so yeah why 
why draw attention to that? Yeah. Yeah. And then say something offensive? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I just... <laughs> Interesting choice for yeah. a facilitator. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So in that, what did you, am I allowed to ask? What did you do in the in that moment? Did you? Um, <laughs> what I didn't do was smile and laugh, which maybe I would have done yeah. <laughs> a couple of months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I've been working on being a lot more um, passive because usually I'll just, because it's awkward, right? Mm. Um, so I'll just be like, oh, ha, ha. And then it, it passes. Yeah. But actually, I think that's not very good. So I've been working hard on not doing that. I just, I didn't, I didn't actually do anything. Yeah. Um, I just, this, he was in the middle of telling the story. He said it. Um, I just really had a blank expression on my face and it kept going. I don't even know if he noticed or anyone noticed. Mm. Um, I don't know what's most appropriate to do in that scenario, especially since he's presenting the course. The course, you know, there was only maybe like, 15 people in the room it wasn't huge Mm. um so I I guess I could have interrupted and been like hey like let maybe let's use a different word for that or or something but I'm not sure outside of delivering feedback on the course outside of that environment what yeah what I could have done but in that case I just didn't do anything Yeah. yeah um I feel like sometimes we want to we think that taking like calling them out is the right way to do it but maybe your body language can be really powerful Mm, and kind of disengaging or just having a bit of a, I don't know, kind of a frown (laughs) or just kind of just being like, why? Why? Like, cool. Yeah. Thanks for. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. I think that it definitely would not have been appropriate to, to say something and be like, hey, um, anyway, everyone, please listen to my lecture on women's rights. <laughs> <laughs> and cool. So we're talking about this, but now yes, <laughs> let's unpack why yeah. you said what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So for, for sure, like, I don't think that, and I think you're absolutely right. Maybe that um, change of body language and just kind of not l- laughing it off was just enough to, yeah. to call out that like, oh, that was a bit weird. And I had a few conversations really quickly with people in the course um who said yeah that that was weird that he said that I found that weird yeah so that was cool um and maybe that's just enough yeah yeah well I wonder I mean validating kind of that they've heard it too is I yeah did you find that yeah 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 it's important I think for Mm. as allies but I think maybe this is it takes maybe some guts and some social savvy (laughs) but I think as a male ally in the room potentially even acknowledging again that that was wrong. So maybe the next person to speak after the comment Mm. was said by the facilitator could have made a bit of a joke about it or said, all right, so um, moving past uh, this uh, archaic speak and the reference for this, uh, the girl shot, then continued on with whatever the conversation was and saying it. So just acknowledging in that moment and to the room of people and especially to the facilitator, almost putting them on the spot but then, I love the idea of moving the conversation on. Like it's Mm. just acknowledging it, but it doesn't have to, it can be a bit awkward for that three seconds while it's being acknowledged plus when it was initially brought up and obviously you're feeling uncomfortable this whole time, but sitting, letting them sit in it for maybe like a few seconds and then you can take them out of it, but just maybe that's a shock enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think something casual, lighthearted, it doesn't have to be a big Mm deal yeah Yeah. it doesn't have to be a big to do yeah what about when people say before swearing they all turn to 
often female colleagues and say, oh, sorry. <laughs> How do you, what do you do to that? Oh, it's, oh, my ears are actually very sensitive to swearing, so I really appreciate them saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, yeah, my yeah. ears bleed. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I get physically ill yeah. if I hear the F yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, so oh. it actually means a lot that they, no, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, um, and it seems so ingrained in oh this is this conversation it reminds me of you know when you watch those really old films and it's like oh this isn't a conversation for ladies yeah (laughs) that's what it reminds me of this like things you can and can't do in front of a delicate beautiful woman but you know and what implications does that have for like what do you think about that person's capability and their resilience and their ability to get their work done if you think you need to apologize for swearing in front of them yeah. Like what what underlying assumptions are you maybe not even making um, consciously? Yeah. That, um, yeah. And it's almost making the conversation that they're having exclusive. Mm. It's yeah. kind of saying, oh, well, this isn't for you. Yeah. Like, you're not part of this conversation because we're being offensive now. Yeah. So you can leave. Yeah. That's sometimes how I feel. I'm like, oh, well, like, okay, well, Mm, mm. that's not for me then. Yeah. And we're not sharing this kind of like traditionally blokey conversation that is, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Being sidelined again. Yeah. That's a good, it is like a, that blokey vibe mm. of like, we'll just like, and I, I appreciate the camaraderie that that brings and, you know, you like you've part of, but it's, it is exclusive. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it would take much to, to just, expand it a little bit to still have that camaraderie and that vibe and that let's all joke around together Mm. I don't think you're going to lose anything by um removing the misogyny from that (laughs) yeah (laughs) or just I mean so it's just not I mean it's unnecessary Mm. just you don't we don't need to be apologized to before you swear yeah or yeah that's maybe if you need if you're like if they're already checking themselves though, like yeah. before they say something that's yeah. offensive or rude about anything, they're kind of just maybe if you're checking, if you're needing to check yourselves around, I don't know, women in the room, if yeah. that's how you feel, should you be saying it at all? Mm. Or we, yeah, we don't need that special treatment or to feel, it makes us feel excluded from that conversation. Or yeah. That we're not privy or we're yeah. not allowed to swear either. Yeah. So many times when, I think people will get really shocked if they hear me swear. Yeah, right. And that makes me feel like I'm not, I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, is that unladylike? Yeah. Or, <laughs> so I guess it's not acknowledging it. Just yeah. either don't swear and or d- don't apologise. It's fine. Just, it's, it's just, if you're going to say anyway, just go for it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So to wrap up, I guess, responding to things that we hear or even just being an ally to women in STEM, Mm -hmm. what are some things that we can kind of, some takeaways that we can do to stick up for ourselves and I guess others? Yeah. So maybe they're in like levels of uh, seriousness or effort maybe. Yeah. And the first one we talked about was an, an offhand comment of like, oh, I don't agree with that or like that's not what I think or yeah, we should change the language and moving on not making it a big deal. And that's appropriate in some contexts. Well, that's the best you can do in some contexts. Yeah. Uh, and then the next, the second one was on uh, understanding their argument better mm. or kind of going on that journey with them of like, hey, why why, why do you think that? Like, tell me, tell me a little bit more about mm. that. And doing it with a really open and just understanding 
mind of like, hey, I actually really, I don't understand why you think this. Yeah. I would like to yeah, like, help us. Help yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. I've never heard that argument before. Like, yeah. tell me, have you, is that based on research? Yeah, yeah. Done or? Yeah. And, and maybe that in and of itself going on that journey will open up the conversation mm. um, with them. And then the last one, probably the most emotional effort mm. is um, sharing personal stories of yeah. cases where it has impacted you or where you've seen it impact you or your community. Yeah. Oh, it's a really good one, yeah. And I guess as an ally, so if, if you're a male ally in the room, or I guess the first step is just maybe opening your eyes a bit more to the yeah witnessing some of the things and maybe questioning, even though maybe in your head it's you've you have this dialogue that it's not a, it's not always about gender. Yeah. Maybe try living on the other other side of the fence for a little bit and try testing living one day as if it was about gender and just seeing if, yep. if it's kind of justified and yep. making your own mind up and observing it. Yeah, and I guess in the, if we're talking in steps, yeah. I guess the, <laughs> yeah. the next level would be yeah, doing that kind of actively stepping in and saying, oh, acknowledging, okay, Nikita's just been pulled out and mm. it's, someone's just apologised for before swearing and yeah. maybe joking about that as well and saying, oh, but my ears hurt too. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's just not swear or maybe yeah, yeah. that's, she doesn't, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in your saying like with the girl shot example, mm. acknowledging kind of, oh, do we still use that language? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then moving the conversation on because I guess if you are an ally, especially a male of, power white male in the room mm. you have the power and you can easily point it out and then quickly move on yeah and no one's going to think really any different of you but if it's a lot more effort for us as the kind of target yeah to step up and yeah there's a really good analogy for this if you're in a minority group and standing up for yourself mm. um it's like the enemy's got a gun and they're pointing at you and you're like hey uh I don't think you should shoot me for these reasons. Mm-hmm. And then they 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 could shoot you or they couldn't they mm-hmm. don't shoot you. Whereas if you're an ally, mm. you come forward but they're still pointing at the other person oh. and you're saying, "Hey, I don't think you should shoot that person." And they could shoot them, but it doesn't hurt you. Yeah. So, it's almost like you're more you're safer yeah. to step forward and do something because it's not actually impacting you and your minority group. Mm. And your voice is you can be more confident, whereas yeah. I've definitely found it really difficult at times to come forward and be like, please treat me equally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, it can come off as whingy. It can come off as complaining because you're getting impacted by it. But if it comes from someone else yeah. who's not actually impacted by this situation, which is unfortunate, but this is why allyship is needed, mm. um, of like here is an uh, unrelated unbiased external individual who sees it and and supports it yeah absolutely Mm. that's awesome well thank you very much for coming on the podcast and for all your help thanks molly we'll speak again soon yeah cheers thank Thank you you. so much been lots of fun that's been another episode of super responders thanks for tuning in and for your patience, I'm on a learning journey. So if there's something that we've missed during this episode or if there's any way we can be better, then please just let us know. So please get in touch. There's a feedback form in our Instagram bio. And if you like the show, please follow us on Instagram at super.responders or send us a note at superresponders or one word at gmail.com. And like and subscribe wherever you listen. Heck, you might even want to give us a review and that would be amazing. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Super Responders, the podcast. We'll see you there.